Welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Eh, mostly ignore it, look at the ones that come out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London. I'm out here with my man, Sam. Sam, how you doing? Keeping well, Lincoln. Keeping very well. I'm very glad to hear that. I also have to remind people, Sam, also a comic out here in London, not just a friend. <laughs> Some guy. <laughs> Some guy. No, he's a very good comedian as well. But we, uh, we, what we do here on this podcast, yeah, we watch two movies on the same day, or two movies that came out on the same day, rather. And the two movies that we have for you guys today, Jerry Maguire the 1996 Tom Cruise vehicle. Uh, and on the same day, a, the very esoteric Citizen Ruth, starring a young Laura Dern. Just a little heads up uh, for you guys. The Citizen Ruth, a uh, lot of talk about abortion in that movie. It's basically the core premise of it. So if that is a particularly sensitive issue and you're not too keen to get into that, um, to hear about that, you know what? Give this one a skip. Come back next episode. We've got something fire for you. So mm. just a little heads up for anyone um, might be particularly sensitive to that. But Jerry Maguire is the big blockbuster that came out that day. Sam, do you have any sort of relationship to Jerry Maguire? What do you know about it before going in? I knew I ha this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. The only thing I knew about it was that it was a Tom Cruise movie aligned with sports that everybody says, show me the money. Yes. Show me the money is one of the catchphrases from Jerry Maguire. Um, it is the kind of marquee catchphrase, though there's some very lovely things, um, some very little lines of dialogue uh, in it. I have seen Jerry Maguire before, um, both in full and partially. <laughs> I love this movie mm. and i've seen it before but i loved it so much more this time around so I, really? I'm a, when I'm did a, you first see it ah oh, man must have been ages ago ages and ages and ages ago um it would have been a movie that's on tv because it's kind of famous enough for that to work mm. um i doubt that i would have sorted out that doesn't sound like something i would do yeah um but i just saw it on tv Okay, let's let me give you the let's let's give everyone the the, the premise. Maybe people mm. haven't actually watched it. Yeah, Jerry Maguire uh, stars Tom Cruise and uh, Renee Zellweger, Zellweger, if you believe Dave Chappelle. And um, Jerry Maguire is basically a sport agent with a heart of gold. He grows a conscience. He sees the damage that he's doing. He's making money of these of these young men's bodies and young women's bodies. And he is uh, he sees that he's a parasite. He feels like he's not adding value to the world. And um, this is a very, like, there's so many weirdly woke moments here because this actually presages a lot of things um, that is really big uh, uh, talking points in sport at the moment. Uh, but anyway, so Darren Maguire, he writes this manifesto. Um, he gets fired from his, uh, from his agency by the, um, the very slimy Jay Moore who just, like, just embodies that slime so much. He is is left with only one client, Cuba Gooding Jr., a kind of journeyman foot, uh, journeyman football player who is looking for his final contract. And he's um, he's very eccentric, he's very charismatic, a showboat. And they kind of have to find their way together. In the midst of this, Renee Zellweger with a kid that is too cute, in my opinion. Uh, just too cute. Um, this is a very, <laughs> like, honestly, that's like, this kid's like mainlining sugar. It's just a very, very cute kid. Yeah, this kid doesn't complain like you could starve this kid to death in like a mine and he wouldn't complain yeah it's a very very cute little homie and um 
basically Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger is a single mom of 25. And um, she, I don't know why that's important, but for some reason. 25 years old, not 25, of 25 children. Yeah, not 25. Just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> one kid. <laughs> She's got one kid. It's not a little Miss Muffet. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and she falls for Tom Cruise. Now, there we are. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. At the core of the movie is two is two relationships. The first relationship is Jerry Maguire's relationship, Tom Cruise, his relationship with Renee Zellweger. Mm. And the second relationship is the relationship with Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. Mm. And it's very interesting. You, you know why I think it's the racial things is more interesting for me? Is because a movie like this in 1996, I don't think... I think it's actually very uh, uh, enlightened to be able to see the unequal power relationships yeah. and address race when this movie could have easily been made without it being a thing at all. Mm. At at all. Um, but the movie tentatively, uh, to its uh, you know, tentatively tries to like dip its toe into that area and be like, well, you know, the, there's this white um, agent situation and they just profit mm. off these black bodies. And how do we feel about that? You know, just putting the question out there is like, we don't have to answer this right now. But, <laughs> but it's just so that, you know, we, we we see it's there. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think it hits, I think that's, that's the confusion of this film is that it hit, and not just in the racial element, but actually for me overall, it hits and misfires in like almost pure equality where... Something would something would happen and I'd be like, I fucking hate that. And then something would happen and I'd be like, no, that's brilliant though. That's well done. Is so the film opened, the, the opening of the film with Tom Cruise giving voiceover, which is it the I, I'd say like it's, it's like a 20 minute opening. Yeah, that low, is just really long credit scene. Yeah, it's goes on for ages. And there was a point, there was a point where I was like, oh wait, is the whole movie just Tom Cruise reading the book with like a montage underneath it. And then it starts, but it's really bizarre because it's like, he starts off as like the shark in the agent world has a breakdown a second later gets through his breakdown by writing a manifesto about the decency of all mankind. And then the film starts and you're like, Whoa, wait, I want to see that movie now that it was. And I did also think this is, I felt like uh Wolf of Wall Street, borrowed a lot more from the intro to Jerry Maguire than I think it gets credit for just in terms of like style, pacing, shot choice, the energy of the protagonist. I'm like, Jerry Maguire is Wolf. And I know... No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're 100% right. And I, I wanted to agree with that. I didn't see the Wolf of Wall Street one, but I think you're right. And I'm also glad you brought up Magnolia as well, which mm. I also love for Tom Cruise. It's not my favorite Tom Cruise role, but it, it is the most interesting one for me as well because he channeled something there. He locked into something great yeah. this, um, with that role. And um, there's seeds of that with Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, the reason this movie has aged better for me is because the first time I experienced it just as a movie. Mm. Subsequently, I've come to encounter sports agents in my in my line of work, just in the in the in the way of my life, I've mm. met sports agents. Dude, they are parasites. They yeah, are they are terrible people. And like I remember once I was I, I was having a dinner. Oh, sorry, it wasn't a dinner, my dude. It was like a breakfast meeting. <laughs> and there's a sports agent there, and this guy is just like 
dude, I've never seen someone having it turned up so high at like 11 mm. in the morning. He's like, all right, first of all, look, man, this guy, he'll suck your fucking dick. Let me tell you right now. Hey, you want to fuck someone in the ass? <laughs> dude, I got, <laughs> dude, I fucked three bitches. I forgot about that shit. I had like three prostitutes in my house. It's like that kind of guy, the worst mm. guy, they, that guy. It's, and, it, and the reason is, is because like, there's this like proximity to all of these uh, athletes, physical athletes in the prime of their lives. Yeah. And these guys have to, you know, assert their masculinity in some sort of way. And it, and yeah. it ends in this like weird hyper. <laughs> but it, my point is, Jerry Maguire is a bad guy. And the movie plays so much better if you know that, if you just read him as a bad guy. Yeah. I, well, I think that's the thing. It's like, and it's why I bring up Magnolia, right? Is because Tom Cruise is so good in Magnolia because he's an egomaniac playing an egomaniac. And I think he does like, what's, again, I mean, watch Mag anyone listening who hasn't seen Magnolia, watch that fucking movie. But what's so great about that is that his journey ends in uh, a confrontation of, of like the cause of him, of the, the causes of why he is the way he is. With Jerry Maguire, it's it's kind of harder because he starts off as a bad guy, but it's his redemption story. So when the acting said, I think there was a point where he was in a, uh, him, Renee Zellweger and the kid are in the car and the kid says something wacky and Tom Cruise is like, I don't know how to make a joke out of that. And I was like, <laughs> you haven't made a joke for the last hour and 38 minutes, dude. I, I, I don't know if you can make a joke at all. It's like, there's something about it that's just, just fucking terrifying. And the, my... One thing I will say, my highlight, my favorite scene in the movie was uh, the wedding and the bit where they're watching the wedding video back on tape. You know the bit mm -hmm. I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah I do. And the whole, you know, the whole reveal is he's he proposed and married to Renee Zellweger after, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Uh, and the, it's just like a ham-fisted job. I think the way he proposes to her is like standing on, she's about to move to San Diego. And he's like, I mean, do you want to get back? Do you fancy it? It'd be quite all right. And she's like, yes. I'm like, mm, that's a bad proposal. But yeah, he, she catches him in the video during the marriage being like, oh God, what the fuck have I done? Rubbing his brow and stuff. And I'm like, mm. that is the Tom Cruise that I can really buy into is everything's caught up to him in this moment. He's like, oh, I've made a, like a bed of nails for myself to sleep in. Mm. And then I buy it. I, I I just really enjoyed it. I loved the pacing of it. I loved, loved, lo loved the wardrobe. The wardrobe was so in my yeah. up my fucking street. Anything Cuba Gooding Jr. wears, outrageous suits with no shirt on. Um there's a there's a, I've I've Googled this. In fact, I, I, I found out it's a thing online. There's a green polo shirt that Tom Cruise <laughs> wears. That I literally I went online afterwards and typed in green polo shirt from Jerry Maguire <laughs> and it came up. I was like, I'm getting that. That's already on the way here, dude. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that outfit. Um, I feel like I feel like if I asked someone, I was like, if I was if I said to somebody, hey, have you ever tried cocaine? And they were like, no, but I've seen Jerry Maguire. I'd be like, yeah, you get it. Do you know what I mean? Just by the dress sense. Oh man, so so lovely. And I have a couple of highlights. I'll tell you some things I really enjoyed. Um, mm. I loved. Uh, I loved Cuba Gooding Jr.'s um, catchphrases, and I'm glad he won the statue for this. Um, I loved when he called Regina King my Pisces queen. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's funny. I was like, yeah, that should be on a t-shirt somewhere. And then uh, you, shop you shoplifted the pootie. There's a conversation where Rene between uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, 
and Tom Cruise, where basically Cuba Gooding's like, "Hey man, single mothers, that's my heart. You know, <laughs> you can't you can't shoplift the pootie. You got to be straight with her." <laughs> and, then, and then Tom Cruise says, "I didn't shoplift the pootie." And then there's a beat, and he goes, "All right." I shoplifted the pooty. <laughs> just like it's just so just such a dumb line that no one mm. would say in real life, but they've said it so many times that it's that it starts to, to ring true. And then um, my other favorite line, this is like reminiscent of I'm in a glass cage. I'm in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> it's when Tom Cruise says to Cuba Gooding Jr., "Why are you with me? I'm in a cloak of failure." <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good i was like just banger after banger but the, okay one of my another one of my like joke highlights there's that there's i can't remember it's right in the beginning it's like it's around his lock-in when he's he's decided this is what he's gonna do and he's got the means to achieve it he's got to go out and get it done and he's in the car trying to find a station with hype enough music to listen. And he goes through like eight songs and be like, nah, not this, this one. And then this is like my heart moment. It's got like, I hate saying the word quirky like this, but it just has this really like oddball fucking sense of humor that doesn't fit the tone of the film at all, but it works doubly well because of that. Yeah, like if this was, if Oliver Stone had to make this movie, it would just be um fucking blood in your mouth gritty yeah. drama like it's a completely different film it's a much more cynical film and cameron crowe is like you know he's one of the great romantics right he's a he's a very kind of romantic uh filmmaker and his ideals and you know you could say romantic in read for for soppy but i i i do think the way that the sensibility of the film is so nice and that carries it because it probably is a little bit too long it'll probably be like 20 minutes mm. shorter but yeah. um but the actual, the overall tone and the just the general, you you know, quirkiness, as it were, does act that carries it over the line for me. Like I watched that movie, by God, Sam. I watched it on a Saturday morning, beautiful Saturday mm. morning. Sun was shining, at the windows open, um, and I was just like, I was just feeling a general sense of like, ah, oh, man, fuck it, it's nice to watch fun movies on a fun day. Afterwards, I'm gonna do some other fun shit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what Jerry Maguire did for me. And as just the other bizarre thing is like tonally to try and like grab onto what this film is, it's essentially a romantic workplace drama, but with the tone of a romantic comedy. And also like a sports drama as well. Sport. Yeah. And that's what I mean by the workplace is like that thing, but it's, it's very bizarre because it's also, it could do with being 20 minutes shorter, but I don't feel, I don't feel like that's a really crucial cut because but I've, I don't think I've ever seen this before. What it feels like watching is an epic romantic comedy. Mm, interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. quite long. You get, you, even even if you hate the tone, which is like not the tone for me, I wouldn't, this is not a film like that tonally other films I've enjoyed, but it, it does, it, it kidnaps you and goes, yeah, but you'll, you'll, you'll grow to give a shit just because the uh, the fundamentals are good enough. Yeah, the fundamentals are solid. And this mm. this we cannot deny. Um, and this is what's missing in, in movie going nowadays. Why mm. I always just bang on about this. Like, yo, make this shit suspenseful from beginning to end. Yeah. Don't expect me to know more because I don't mm. want to. And just on the strength of all of the things that happen in this beautiful little two-hour period, 
carry me along. Jerry Maguire, very good for that, in my yeah. opinion. And look, man, the as as un I, I didn't care whether Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger ended up together. I didn't massively care about their redemption, but I will say it again, Regina King's storyline. I was I was invested in like how people talk about the Notebook, like literally crying at the end. Her final scene, I was like weeping. I was like, yeah, no, you're absolutely fucking right. This is the best. You're so important. And then as soon as she was done, I was like, yeah, okay, we can wrap this up. You know, okay. you know, I was getting weepy, man. I felt it. Um, the last, uh, the last scene with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Tom Cruise. After Cuba Gooding Jr. By the way, I don't even want to. We'll get to lowlights because this is a big lowlight for me, but. Um, that scene where Cuba Gooding Jr. has got his big contract, um, is the press conference outside and he just, and I want to thank my agent, Jerry Maguire. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Like we've been through it. <laughs> <laughs> we've been through it, my God. We've all been through it. <laughs> help me, help you. Like we've been through it. Me, me and Cuba and, and Tom, we've fucking been through it all. Yeah, there's a great scene. I just loved it when, um, when he's in the bathroom and he's mm. going fucking crazy. He's like, dah, 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 dah. and then Cuba Gooding Jr. just laughs at him. It's like, yeah. like, all right, dude, this is pathetic. Get it together so that we can all make our money. I was like, that's the exact correct reaction to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to this guy losing his shit. Hey, just get it together. That's, this is that. I think that's actually, I think, I think that's what's interesting about Cuba Gooding's character is that he is tonally played like quite a lot for laughs and, sort of like he is a massive eccentric but he is also the only like down to earth one apart well apart from regina again regina king mm. who should really be the star of this movie but like he's the only one who has like a practical perspective like chill the fuck out with your ego for a second and pull back but even he is like um again very fully rounded very well-rounded character in the sense that tom cruise also has to be straight with him and be like hey man just play the game this all of this you're being entitled as well like and i and it's only after obviously they've been together for a long time that he can that he can say that yeah i think sorry i have to say i think as well the reason i the reason i don't see that as strongly is because i really agree with cuba gooding's character where it's like wait so by the numbers you're the best fucking player so yeah you should have everything do you know what i mean because it, it like in in my in, in in what i want the world to be I'm like, well, whoever's the best does the best, right? It's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, by the numbers, greatest basketball player to ever live. But, you know, like political guy, NBA didn't like him. So it's like, now nah, fuck that. But I'm like, he's the greatest guy to ever do the thing. And he should make the most money, have the most fame, do the most it should, whatever. He should fuck the most people as he did. Yeah. <laughs> he should fuck, he gets to fuck a thousand people because he, because he scored the most buckets. Now I, no, I think he's, I think, yeah, I think that's good. I think it's good that Tom Cruise can be like, hey man, fucking run the ball, do the thing. Because here's the thing, because you, because especially in sports as well, I mean, what Tom's doing. I watch a lot of sports, man. The numbers are the least important thing. Mm. The guy who scores the most goals isn't the guy I watch the most. It's about yeah. the, how do you make me feel? Do you score the goals when they matter the most? Do you, oh, do you wear the right shirt? Whatever, like all this kind of bullshit. That's what sports is about. It's all about the thing around it. And mm. so that's what he's telling Cuba. It's like, hey man, the fact that you have the most numbers, that's great. That doesn't really matter to the people who signs the check. 
low lights low lights for me a real big low light in fact in fact uh, early instant cancellation is uh the very flippant treatment of head trauma in um jerry Maguire, which now is just like is cringeworthy like they like recently as we're recording this all of these studies are coming out about um head trauma in rugby and even like kind of um cumulative head trauma in uh football Mm -hmm. soccer and it's it's grim and guys there's like there's like a smash cut somewhere. There's like a collage of like just a, a collage of old NFL players, not old, like guys in their forties and fifties, just them like uh, losing concentration in interviews. Yeah, like this. And here, fucking Cuba Gooding Jr. knocked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Like Tebow got knocked out. Yeah, um, and he's just up and he's doing the fucking jig and dancing and and is celebrating at the end of that like a fortnight dance. And I was like, this is, this needs to stop. Yeah. And they, they, they fucking murdered him. They murdered they, him. Like this. And, and, and then they're replaying the slow-mo footage over and over and over again on the TV while his wife and kid are watching. I was like, Jesus Christ. Low, actually that leads me into a, a low light for me and possibly my instant cancel. Cause I'm not insane in thinking that was a young Aries Spears, right? That is a young Aries Spears. Uh, and right towards the end is the whole family are watching that last football game. Uh, we're going to get like knocked out, net broken, <laughs> should be fucking dead. And Aerie Spears is like, ah, I told you. And Regina King's like, uh, fuck you, get out of my house. And at some point somebody says, oh no, it's Cuba Gooding says, you're militant, but I never hold that against you. And I'm like, dude, it's- <laughs> no, <laughs> he's the good one. No, he's a fucking piece of shit, Aries Spears. He's the hating ass hater. He plays a very realistic character, in my opinion, the uh, hating family member. Do you know why, though? Do you know why? Do you know why he hates? He hates because his brother should be making the most money because he's the best fucking player by the numbers yeah. in the FTL. <laughs> yes. FTL, yes, NFL. Sam, the <laughs> uh, NFT. By a guy, Sam. The guy is on the floor. His own neck's almost broken. His brother goes, "Told you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, you know what? As like clearly, what is like a thirty to thirty-five year old man? I'm sure he's been saying that for the last twenty years. Yes. He's getting a bit pissed off with repeating himself. <laughs> That's awful, man. Your own blood on the floor, and you're just a hated ass hater. Um, oh yeah, there was another line that I really liked. Uh, Jerry Maguire says, I'll go back to them. And then Mark, and then Cuba Gooding Jr., I think, says, and say, what? Please remove your dick from my ass? <laughs> that was very funny. And then his wife says, uh, Regina King says, I'm sorry, I'm just very pregnant right now. And I was like, I respect that. <laughs> nah, I'm yeah, just yeah, very yeah. pregnant right now. Lots lots to lots to discuss with Jerry Maguire. I think it's a very, I would, I would actually really recommend this. I don't always do this. I would really recommend this. This is a really nice like, Friday night, Saturday night joint. Watch with your partner. There's loads to discuss. The outfits are fantastic. Guys wearing crop tops. Um, little uh, Jerry, uh, what's his name? From uh, the fat kid from uh, Stand By Me. Jer- Jerry O'Connell. Jerry Who's O'Connell. he in the film? He is the Texas quarterback who uh, basically... The guy... You- yeah, you know what I knew him from? Do you remember Sliders? I do remember Sliders. I remember That's Sliders I read, very, yeah. very well. I remember that episode of Sliders when he actually did come home. But he said, my mum and his mum had fixed the fucking gate, the front gate. I, I don't remember that. I never got that far. 
I'll tell you what happened, uh, Sam Bagat, is he came back and he said, this gate has been fixed, has been fixed, never been fixed for as long as I can remember. And he was like, if this gate doesn't creak, um, then no, we're not in my real home. And then the and gate didn't creak. But what happened? His mom had just fixed the gate 10 seconds before. Pure hypothesis could have been an alternate reality where that was the 10 seconds that she decided to fix the gate and not his original one. I'm pretty sure it was the implication was that uh, he ironically had missed the. He was the back in his. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Enough on sliders. That's that's when you know that we've had that like we've exhausted everything. That's when you know we've exhausted everything about uh, Jerry Maguire. When we end up in sliders in uh, <laughs> late nineties um, television shows, B level television shows. Tune really? in next week. Tune in next week when we discuss uh, Baywatch Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Following our charmed season. Yeah, it should be should be good fun. Guys, the next movie that we have, uh, the movie that came out the exact same day, Citizen Ruth, starring a young Laura Dern, directed by Alexander Payne, the guy who did Election. And um, so Election's a really good little movie, uh, by the mm. way. I don't know how much um, how much traffic it's gotten uh, outside of that, but he also did Sideways, which I don't like. Yeah, not seen that one. I, I think I've, I think only one I've seen is. Um... God, what was the one you just said? Election. I think that's the only one I've seen. It's a really good little joint, man, with uh, mm. Matthew Broderick and I want to say Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And um, very good little movie. I'd recommend it. So we start with uh, Citizen Ruth. Citizen Ruth. Uh, Ruth, uh, what's her name? Ruth Stoops, played by Laura Dern, is a, how do you say it? She's an addict. She's a, uh, she sniffs inhalants in um, very, I don't know, very funnily, in the movie, she sniffs um, patio sealant. <laughs> yeah. um, and, the, and I read afterwards that the reason that she sniffs patio sealant is that they didn't want to say that she sniffs uh, paint or uh, aerosol cans. But I'm just like, oh, man, commissar, commissar. What's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like... <coughs> for what she's using it for, it's like, the implication isn't that she has a patio. Yeah. Uh, come on, guys. Like... Whoever the people is who sniff paint, no one's yeah. like, oh, I learned it off this uh, quirky, um, <laughs> dark comedy. Like, the, <laughs> the game is the game, by God. Anyway, so they changed it to patio sealant. And um, just, yeah, so, sorry. Let me just, uh, before I come back to that, uh, the premise of the film, uh, she becomes pregnant. She gets caught in a fight between um, the pro-life and the pro-choice people. And Tackleberry from uh, Police Academy is the judge, and he sentences her. And he, in a very stupid, like sitcom-like premise from the nineties, mm. uh, basically, basically, the, uh, like the sitcom, like that George Costanza and Jerry Seinfeld would have pitched. The judge says that if you don't get an abortion, you're going to go to jail. Mm. She now she moves, and while she's in jail, kind of waiting, she meets uh, the this Christian uh, lobby group, uh, pro uh, life people. And um, and kind of the the story goes from there. It becomes a big issue. Um, there's a pro-choice uh, group as well. Uh, has an undercover agent, and the movie is set up. Basically, the core premise of the movie is set up. There's fifteen thousand dollars the pro-life people will give to her to have the to have the baby, and the pro-choice people says, "Well, we'll also give you fifteen thousand. And so now she has to track this middle ground. Mm. Um, fifteen. Though. Sorry, did I say fifty? I think so, but I also might have misheard. 
Fair enough. 15,000. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just want to... There was a great line just on the patio sealant, which actually did bother me. Um, is the review... Is it, this is why Roger Ebert is, is the GOAT. It's the opening, I read the Roger Ebert review as well. What a, what a great line is the opening line of this guy's review. One of the danger signals of substance abuse, I'm pretty sure, is finding yourself sniffing patio sealant. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very fair. What I did like about that, though, the reveal of the patio sealant was that she goes in to just get her old regular glue and then she sees patio solvent and it's all like shiny and dolled up and she's like, oh, let's fucking try this. <laughs> and just in my head for a moment, I had the thought, I was like, wait, is there like a patio solvent company that was like, we can get some, some ad money in this because people aren't buying patio solvent. Yeah, I mean, that's not a high-frequency use item. Uh, I feel like you're trying to seal up your, your patio. Um, once is probably good enough. But, but what did you think? What did you think the, about this, about the movie? Um, highlights, lowlights, anything else? I kind of fucking loved it. It's my biggest my biggest problem. is basically, I'm like, I, I love the premise of this movie. I love the journey it takes us on. I love the ending. I love the, the arguments. It just needs loads of tiny tweaks to make it something that i think i think would be actually like a great movie my highlights again really bizarrely in common with jerry Maguire is it's got this like oddball sense of humor that doesn't fit the tone of what it's trying what it looks like it's trying to do we're like these are some weird kind of like goofy jokes in the middle of this i loved i loved what ruth did i loved all of her decisions i was just like instead of her being uh like a really really stupid because they play her as like a, she's yeah. an idiot in she's the movie uh i'm like you could have had that character make all the same choices and not be an idiot just because in realistic terms they're both going to end the same way do you know what i mean you don't have to be stupid to make those decisions you either have to not care which would have solved a bunch of problems for me Especially because she's doing this for 15 grand with people who are willing to give away 15 grand over an abortion they have nothing to do with. Or just be doing it for the money. And I'm like, either one is fine with me and doesn't paint the character as like such an idiot. I think also, you know, when I see addicts on screen, I don't want them to be addicts because they're dumb. I want them to be addicts because drugs are fucking amazing. No, I I will say... I I I'll, I tend to disagree, but in general, I I share most of your um, points of view. I do like that she's very very dumb, and I do like that she's um, and it's kind of implied as well that she's she was dumb even before she yeah. got into drugs. <laughs> I do kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I like that she's I like that she's that she's stupid, so that the the foregrounding is the is the arguments in the background mm. between these pro-life people and the pro-choice people. And you kind of, she's a passenger in her own story. You share the indifference that the people have towards her with her feelings or her point of view. Like she, she really can't get anything across. I think from what I liked about this movie, let me start with highlights. Highlights, Burt Reynolds' body. Now, Burt Reynolds is in here for about 10 minutes. And um, we've retired the attainable body um <laughs> Uh, category for a number of reasons jaded um we've mostly forgotten stop looking um but burt reynolds's body in this i googled it my dude burt reynolds is 60 years old yeah 
for this movie. He was born in 1935. This movie came out in about 1996, 1995. He's 60 years old. His body is banging. Mm. And he plays a, a, uh, a hypocritical uh, preacher, a pro, uh, pro-life preacher who like, keeps like a, a, a boy around for like yeah who I, sexual who that I, is yeah who i googled to try and find out what age the actor was but i couldn't figure out what the character's name was yeah it was it was a that's grim that's the sound of the darkest and this and by the way this movie is pitch black dark this is so this is very very dark and i think the highlight for of me for this movie is that the abortion issue is kind of secondary this is a movie about and why it resonates to me now, this is a movie about the culture war. Mm-hmm. This is a movie about um, a debate. And the debate is not particularly important as it were, because, you know, no one gives a shit about Ruth. Um, mm-hmm. It's the it's the charge that people get from the fanaticism, from yeah. picking a tribe and defending your tribe. And mm-hmm. there's even like, even like the way that these two sides, that the pro-life and the pro-choice and the pro-choice sides, depend on each other, in order for them to like get their fucking thrills. Cause, yeah, because everyone knows each other. If they live in the same, t- everyone knows who these people are. And there's like a scene where someone goes to get an abortion, and the people are protesting outside the the thing, and then the guy inside is like, "All right, okay, you guys have done your bit now." Okay, you know the routine. Get up. All right, you guys go, and everyone like just calmly goes and does their thing. But that's, uh, 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 but I want to go to the guy though who offered the MC Gainey, the um, the pro-choice who offers her the fifty grand. So the way the story goes is the Christian anti-abortion evangelists raise fifteen grand for her to keep the baby, which obviously she wants. She needs fifteen. She needs any grand. And then this is the other thing: is the the pro-choice, the women are like, we can't give you money that's like immoral because we're not paying you it's not like a, we're not paying you to abort your child it's like we just want you to have the freedom of choice and then he comes in and goes look i'm a fucking free agent i got 15 grand and i'm i want you him going just an equal offer i kind of was like rooting for him the whole time and i know he was supposed to be bad but it was like look this homeless addict who is struggling and in the mid like has become the centerpiece of the nation's abortion debate the only way that she can be free to choose is if somebody goes, hey, here's 15. Look, whatever you do, you're going to end up with 15 grand. Don't worry about it. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. See, and that's an interesting, that is a very interesting thing as well. And something that we're seeing in politics too. Um, we saw it during the height of the pandemic where the government just removed something that they wouldn't normally do, um, which is why they haven't done it before. The idea of just like giving people money to solve a problem because and I dude and this is this is one of the great traumas at the heart of our society right is that man you can go to therapy you can uh, work on yourself you can get healthy you can work on your relationships but ultimately maybe you just need 15 grand in your pocket yeah. just to like fucking get on your feet so you can like solve all of the traumas around you like maybe you just need some money in your pocket so you can fucking live yeah 
Well, I I would argue that's always the bottom line because you could get therapy. Yeah, but not free. You need it. Also, yeah, maybe the 15 line is like the baseline. The 15 is like, oh shit. Okay, now I've solved that. Oh, now you can work on whatever. <laughs> now, I can, now I can afford to be a better person and work on myself. But like, yeah. I don't get time to do that because I'm just trying to make it to the end of the week. It's also, I, you know, I wonder if maybe those Christian evangelists didn't keep donating thousands of dollars to pay people to not abort, they would have a bit more money and be able to solve their own problems and wouldn't care as much. I don't know, man. I, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to bring up Andrew Yang on this podcast that's not related to Andrew Yang, but goddamn, he knew it. <laughs> he knew it. Uh, Shouts to all my Reddit kings out here. <laughs> um, no, but I, I do think that's the core of this movie and why it ages really well. Because where, where you stand or don't stand on the abortion debate, Oh, well, to what extent you want to frame it as a debate or not. Um, that's fair. But the idea that, yeah, that there's these two sides of the, that there's this, and this is something that's been amplified since the internet's come along. The ability to just like bed down in your position, to pick a side and just basically express your identity through that side because you in the back of your mind i think also you maybe kind of know that you kind of know that you will never actually you know you'll never what happens to the dog when he catches the car yeah you get to feel good and have the the kind of the battle and express yourself and self-identify and do all of the things that you want to do but you also kind of know that this is we're not ever really gonna yeah we're never really gonna solve this we're never really gonna sit this and solve this down with the conversation I think another, sorry, another highlight for me was the um, Red from that 70s show, a.k.a. Bitches Leave from Robocop. Dad. Kurt, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith, thank you. When he, the in the sort of first, I want to say like half an hour, he creeps on Laura Dern like three or four times. And, and the film is very good at being like, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing is wrong. And he knows. And with him, it never goes further. But then you obviously have Burt Reynolds and his the creepy little boy that he keeps. That whole thing. What I did like was I was like, yeah, all of the all of the men on the anti-choice side want to fuck, and they don't want kids. I'm like, I, and I, I I was like, that's that's the real thing, right? Because I I feel most people who are anti-abortion, most men who are anti-abortion, are secretly pro-choice and uh, for, uh, are doing it for some sort of social standing in the circle they've in the circle of insanity they've created let's go to categories um if you okay so we have categories on this podcast where we compare these two films and the first category usually so is the instant cancellation i think we've both done our instant cancellations uh I have one. For, okay, you um, go ahead. Jerry Maguire, instant cancellation. Uh, so he's he's uh, married. Oh no, no, he's breaking up. Him and Renee Zellweger are, are breaking up because he doesn't love her, but he gets on really well with the kid. And he goes to say goodbye to the kid, and he fucking breaks down crying. And I was like, "That's my instant cancel." Tom Cruise saying goodbye to a kid that he's known for two weeks, having a complete mental breakdown over it whilst also being in the Church of Scientology, famously <laughs> excommunicating people from their families. I was like, don't buy it. Okay, you understand that Tom Cruise is not 
the name of the movie is Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying to me. It's, <laughs> the movie was called Tom Cruise, and it was about the time that he was a sports agent briefly. Okay, okay. all right. All Before right. Mission Impossible. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> um, uh, okay, weirdly woke moment. I think the instant cancellation for me is all of the CTE stuff that made me very uncomfortable. Um, CTE? All the uh, the head trauma. Oh, that, the, yeah, yeah, The yeah, concussion. Yeah. I think it's called... Con- yeah, something, I don't know what exactly the thing is, but I know that's what it's called. Uh, weirdly woke moments. Uh, weirdly woke moment in uh, in uh, this one is... Uh, I like that the dad is uh, racist. Jerry O'Connell's dad is racist in Jerry Maguire. And but I think... The- Oh, I don't remember his dad. So his dad basically, so he was like, they had a handshake deal to to get the kid up, uh, to get his son to be the, the number oh, one. Oh, the dad of the football player. The dad of the football player. Okay. And yeah, then yeah, he was yeah. like, well, you were off with that black fella. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You've used, yeah, you got it. You got it right. These people are all racists. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, yeah. My weirdly woke moment is the fact that it is in Citizen Ruth. You got, all of this shit going on is that Ruth, she gets away at the end. She technically gets what she wants and saves herself. And she saves herself because of her solvent abuse and knowledge of public bathrooms. Yeah. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All those years of drug use, they're kicking yeah. in, baby. Do you know what I mean? So don't ever let anyone tell you that shooting up in the bathroom is a waste of your life. Damn. True that. True that. Um, Freaky Friday, if you have to swap characters from these two movies, who would you swap? I would swap uh, Ruth Stoops, um, the fucking moron. Ruth Stoops with Cuba Gooden Jr. Um, I would swap her, get her involved in the NFL, the dumbest player to ever play. Um, and knowing the state of the NFL, the fact that you have like solvent abuse issues, um, that's okay. That league, that league, <laughs> that league will still play you. You'll still have like a Hall of Fame career um, in the yeah. NFL, and also she'll be so high most of the time that she won't like feel a lot of the, a lot of the trauma, <laughs> which which does suck. And then Cuba Gooding Jr. having a very sassy pregnancy. <laughs> show me the money and it's literally like fifteen thousand dollars it's like thanks that's good that's what i wanted yeah 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 i uh, i mean you have to swap you have to swap ruth because she's just the best but i'd swap ruth with uh tom cruise i want oh. i want her to be the agent, <laughs> the and dumb agent. It, and she, she didn't write the manifesto about the decency of humanity she just did it for 15 grand and it's just her making the worst fiscal calls for Cuba oh, Gooding Jr. Yeah. for his career. <laughs> That'd be funny though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the what's the final category? I always forget. Genre we've bender. We've got genre, genre bender and sequel generator. So genre yeah. bender. If you could twist uh, any of these two movies into a different genre, what would you do? Uh, I I'm, I'm gonna leave Citizen Ruth alone because I'm like actually I just want this to be a staple of cinema, like this idea of film. Uh, Jerry Maguire. I would bend into a a kind of pay it forward style tragedy where Tom Cruise doesn't get the redemption he so wants, but instead keeps making bad decisions that accidentally result in the murder of the kid. Oh my God. Just killing this cute summer. How does he kill the kid? With money. I don't know. Money, he's like, yeah, he's he just, just stuffs, he, he gets Cuba Gooding Jr. the 11 mil and he just he keeps just, going. It drowns him in Scrooge McDuck's pool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
You know what? It's actually interesting about Jerry Maguire is it is I saw some merch for it. I don't know as I was actually as this is as I was searching for that green polo shirt, which is just fucking flame. Yeah. Um, just a flame polo shirt. Um, that there's images intercutting or like uh, uh, interpretation of Jerry Maguire as um, American Psycho. Uh huh. Yeah. And that actually makes a lot of sense to me as um, as Jerry Maguire as like a bit of a horror film, um, and a and a and a heavy satire of the sports uh, of the sports industry. Like you cut all the heart out of it. And Jerry's just a, a a murderer. Yeah, just kills people, and ultimately he ends up killing Renee Zellweger. That's his final. Mm. That's his final. That's the thing that like his beard, as it were, to keep him uh, in the world. But the rest of the time, he's just murdering people. Like Cuba Gooding Jr. dies. Everyone he just kills everyone. Kills the pregnant lady. Just awful stuff. And <laughs> I'd I'd believe that more. I, there's something in there. There's a real. The movie doesn't do it. You feel it because of like Tom Cruise, con- Tom Cruise, and because of I guess this time. But there is a real like a uh, um, shout out to Jamie Oliver. He always talks about you know there's like a nice hum of spice mm. to a dish. It's a nice hum of of, <laughs> da- of darkness to uh, to Jerry Maguire. Uh, sequel generator, sequel yeah. generator. If you had to generate the sequels for these two movies, Sam, which one? What are you doing? What are you looking at for either Citizen Ruth to Oh God! So doesn't Ruth do? I can't believe it can be just. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I th- I feel like we should. I feel like we should and can do both of it. But uh, yeah. Jerry Maguire, the sequel. Je- the sequel I really wanted is so him and Renee Zellweger have settled down and they're like started a sports agency, and because you know for backstory, Renee Zellweger leaves the company with him, but she's in a much lower position. She's like. Uh, in the data department or in the admin department. I want her to, because she's working so closely with Tom Cruise, she sees what he does and goes, oh, hang on a minute. This isn't, this isn't hard at all. You're just, uh, you're just chatting. That's it. You're not doing anything. You just say, hey, this is good. And you just had a book of contacts. So it's just Renee Zellweger being like, oh, I can fucking do this. You're dumped. And it's me and the kid now. And then it's, you know, Tom Cruise actually trying to fight his way back in, but he fails. Yeah, of course. You know what? I actually think this could work. Jerry Maguire as, and there's a little bit of a cheating. It's not quite a sequel, but I do think mm. you want to do this. You want to spin this off mm. and make it the make it like Mad Men. Um, make it, Jerry Maguire has his sports signing agency but do it like Mad Men style. Let's keep it in the late 90s because that's a specific time. Yeah. And we'll use that as a lens to look at the late 90s and all of the things that's going on there. The series is set there, six seasons. Mm. Um, Jerry Maguire is uh, Bojack. You erase all <laughs> the gains of the movie. Make him like Bojack Horseman. Make him completely unlikable. Um, question as to whether or not he even deserves redemption. Yes. Uh, he cheats. He cheats on Renee Zellweger. He beats her up. He's a terrible man. He awful. And let's go from there. That's what I would do for Jerry Maguire two or the sequel, mm. or the series. For Citizen Ruth two is I am here for the um, almost like a Forrest Gump style situation. I'm 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 not thinking even just sequel here, Sam. By God, franchise. I'm, think, I'm thinking franchise. I'm thinking. Um, uh, Ruth wandering into all kinds of divisive issues. Um, 
she's in the <laughs> uh, Ruth finds herself at the center of the Black Lives Matter. she finds herself at the center of the statue debate she finds herself at the center of literally every single divisive hot topic issue in the across the world yeah and ruth is at the center of it somehow somehow And, and the beauty the beauty of it is you could have made a film every single year because all she needs to achieve at the end of the film is 15 grand 15 grand 15 grand. These guys are all sing- they all the football game. The uh, players are taking the knee before it. Uh, Ruth mm. is somehow now playing for the England football team, and everyone's like, if Ruth doesn't, <laughs> if she does take the knee, it's 15 grand. If she doesn't take the knee, it's 15 <laughs> grand. In the end, she does take the knee and she pockets the 15 grand, and then she moves off with a bindle over her shoulder into the into the sunset. <laughs> you know, I, I say in the end. In the end, she's hobbled before the match starts <laughs> and takes the 15 grand. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's a really big issue because, yeah, she can't even do inhalants. So it's a very big issue for Ruth. That's what I would do. Sequel generator for Citizen Ruth. Yeah, I would I would quite happily have Citizen Ruth. I want that saga to be bigger than Star Wars. Yeah, like, let's, let's drag this out carry-on style. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's like drag it on into, and I want you know what? Let's not even stop there, Sam. By God, let's fucking James Bond it. Yes. Every, every twenty years, someone else plays Ruth. Every yeah. There is a big issue because they want to have a black Ruth, and then the whole cycle is just as fucking meta as possible. Yeah. Now they want to yeah, have a yeah. black. Now they want to have a black Ruth. Everyone's like, no, but the character has to be white, and then it all begins again, baby. All begins again. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, man. Let's let's stop there. I think we have to just talk about maybe. Has it? Well, have you watched anything recently that you wanna that you wanna give a shout out to? Um, what did I watch? We I watched Fargo today. Rewatched Fargo today. Oh, if, nice uh, one. Nice, nice. Just just a quick shout out for our B plot categories. Steve Buscemi's full gooch on camera, and I'm gonna say it. It's the only time I've ever seen gooch. Mad. Mm. Mad. I'm sure I've seen Gooch though. No, I've seen like, it in the in the Jackass movie. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah. But that's no not documentaries, there, yeah. just fi- okay. fiction where they've actually been asked <laughs> to get it out rather than just running and volunteering. Fair play, fair play. I wanted to pitch a another review drive competition idea. Mm, of course. Uh, yeah. Okay. Next, uh, three five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot. Send it to us. And uh, you'll get to pick two, you know, two films that came out on the same day for us to do on the next episode. And I will throw in a, an illustration of a movie mashup of your choice. Don't have to be released on the same day, just any two movies. There we go. There we go. That's very nice of Sam. Very nice of Sam. The first time he's done that as well. The first time he mentioned, we've mentioned any <laughs> of these things. Um, all right, man, let's, let's wrap it up. Um, I guess we'll catch you guys all next week. Mm, peace. <laughs>